Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Effort Kitchen. I'm your host, Chef Matt, joined by my co-host. I'm going to trip it up, uh, Mr. Cornell George. Man, I'm really trying too hard on these on these intros and stuff. So I'm just going to make it uh, fun. How you doing, buddy? Well, good. <laughs> well, happy Father's Day. I've got. A, I'm almost done with uh, my every couple year cold. Okay. So okay. I woke up the other day with a sore throat, and by the end of the day, it was almost gone. And now I just have like a lingering cough. So there might be a couple pauses where I'm on mute coughing. But. <laughs> That's all right, buddy. I mean, you know, uh, we all get that stuff. But uh, Father's Day, Father's Day, Father's Day. Uh, there's a funny meme that goes around, or I don't know if it's a meme, but it's a, it's like a video that goes around. And it's this comedian, don't know his name, but he's like, Father's Day is the worst holiday. And he goes into explaining why it is, and he's like, Basically, it's the 20 most celebrated holiday and talks about how like Flag Day and Arbor Day come before it and all this stuff. <laughs> and, and it's funny because with me, I'm like, I, you know, Alana's like, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Do you want to do anything? Do you want to gifts or anything? And I was like, no, 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 I don't want gifts. Don't worry about it. We don't need to worry about doing anything. Let's just hang out. Let's chill. Let's not like plan anything for the day. And then the day comes and she gives me my card and I'm just like, what, you guys didn't get me anything? (laughs) (laughs) And she knows me well enough that she did that this year. So she had the kids just give me a card and I'm like thinking like, oh, okay, here we go. And I was like, what, is that all all we're doing today? And she's like, you're an asshole, go look in your room. (laughs) (laughs) And she got me some cool shit. She basically got me a, a couple sessions at this, uh, new place that opened up that's like you can I think I talked about it on the polo, but you can rent a room and it has a sauna and a cold tank in it and like a private shower. So you can like I get like I have a like four or five 40 minute session, 45 minute sessions where I can just basically go back and forth from sauna to cold tank. So that's Ooh, pretty, that's that's good. That's pretty. Yeah, pretty awesome. Um, and then I just worked on uh, my pulled pork all day. And uh, nice. that, yeah. Did you, you, did you cook anything today? Or you- I did. So my Father's Day gift was something I purchased, nice. which I was going to purchase anyway. Yeah. But then I just told my wife, I'm going to buy this for from you guys, for me, for Father's Day. Okay. And we opened up the, the pizza oven today. Oh, oh, nice. And it's just my son and me here right now. My wife and daughter are out of the country at the moment. Okay. And we gave it our best shot of trying to do something that we've ever done or we've done this before, but we haven't used these tools. Right. So right. His, his turned out really good. I burned mine. Okay. It's still good. Okay. Yeah. You, you gotta, um, I'm not going to just go down that rabbit hole right quite yet because I'll probably, when I come yeah. out there, I'll teach you a couple things, but it's all, yep. it's all about spinning and just keep that number 90 seconds in your head because okay. hi- hypothetically, um, that oven should cook your pizza in roughly 90 seconds. And, and then you just got to worry about spinning and that's about it. Cool. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it when I get down there. I got a dough recipe I made for you. That's really easy. If you ever want to make it, I know you go to Trader right. Joe's and buy it, um, and all that stuff, but this is always fun to every now and then if you have time, 
But uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, the pulled pork, dude. I I've messed around with it a couple weeks now, and I think I finally got it down. Um, it was a six hour, uh, six hour smoke, and then a, a one hour braise. So basically, I I rubbed it down with mustard, um, and then I hit it with like uh, smoked paprika. Uh, what else? Chili powder, brown sugar, garlic powder, and onion powder. Rubbed it down with that. Let it sit in the fridge for about an hour. Pull it out. Get the uh, the coals and everything going. Um, and the way I do it is, you've seen my my countertop uh, one. Yep. So I take out one side of the grill and I put the the pork on the other side. And so it's the where the the wood and everything sits is a drawer. So I can actually move that stuff to one side. And then, so it's not on direct heat because if you're, you know, I'm cooking it for six hours or smoking it for six hours, I don't want it to be hitting direct heat. So I did that and I was like, oh crap, I don't have any apple juice. Um, cause I like to spray it on the hour with apple juice and that kind of in, infuses some flavor and keeps the, the pork nice and moist. So what I did was I improvised, I had a, a jug of, um, what is it? Uh, chai tea concentrate. And if you ever had okay. a chai tea latte, like, you know that like there's a ton of spices in there and it has a good mm-hmm. sugar content. So I took that concentrate. I put it in my spray bottle. Uh, I put about a quarter of it in the spray bottle, filled it up the rest of water. And I used that. And the smell that was coming off of this thing when I would sit there and spray it was phenomenal. And I'm just like, nice. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. So six hours go by. I look out there, um, has a nice bark on it. I'm like, okay, I put it in my, my little pan. I cover it with foil and then I pull the coals almost all the way out and I put it back in there. So it, again, I don't want it on direct heat. I want it to release some, some liquid. And so I did that. And then about, I did that for about an hour. In fact, I did that actually a little bit more than an hour. I did that. And then I went and lifted, which was a good, um, I get really impatient around that time. I'm always like wanting to look <laughs> into it and pull pieces off it. So it was a good way for me to uh, get away from that. Uh, and then pulled it out, let it rest for about, I don't know, 30 minutes, pulled it. And man, this is, uh, this is probably one of the most interesting pieces of meat that I've made thus far because you eat it and you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's pork. And then about three, five seconds goes by and you get this lingering, just flavor. That's just like blooms in your mouth. And I'm like, I'm looking at Alana. I'm like, you got to try this. And she eats it and she's like, okay. Oh, and then I'm like, (laughs) so I did a charcoal and wood smoke and I've never really done it like that before. I've always used like a gas with, you know, wood chips and a, and a little pan of water and stuff in the bottom. Um, but this was, this was something different and I can't wait for this week because I like, I'm like, we got dinner all week. We're eating pork all week. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. One thing is I was wondering about is how, like, what did you use to keep it going? So you said you had coal and wood. Do you use yeah. like wood chips or do you use like hardwood logs or? So what I do is, uh, I have, I, there's, I, I use two type of woods. I use a, um, uh, cherry oak and then I went to, and I get the cherry oak from this little, um, I, I don't know. They import all this pottery from, from Mexico, but they sell those, um, those, uh, chiminea, uh, fireplaces and they'll sell you a bundle of hardwood cherry oak for five bucks. 
And so, and they cut it up into like literally like foot inch little pieces. And so I take and I chop those up and I use that to keep on stoking the fire. I get it going with charcoal first and I get a, a nice hot charcoal base and then I'll throw some of those pieces in there. And then at Home Depot, they have those bags of like lump wood. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, and so, and it's all different flavors. And so I picked up a flavor of that. So I was using all three. And then basically what I would do when I went out there, I would probably check it on the half hour just to make sure the, the temperature was good. And I wanted to keep it uh, in between like 200 and 250 and it gets any higher then it cooks too quickly. And you get a, you get a kind of like a burnt bark instead of the, the glaze bark. Um, and so I would just like, I had a bunch of wood just chopped up there and I had that bag open and I would just like throw stuff in there, let the flame come up. And then as soon as you shut that lid, that flame goes out and it just turns into smoke. And that stuff just nice. sits there and smolders. And so it's just about stoking it. You just got to stoke it and stoke it and stoke it. And so it's a, it's a little time consuming, but in my opinion, the payout is fully worth it. Yeah. I, I might say some things to piss people off, but Do it. I know that you agree with me on this one. Yeah. That, that is, that seems much more like real smoking. Yeah. Like it's not just this, like I'm, I'll just say that like a trigger that you just push a button and it's, it's got all these like rabbit, like rabbit food pellets yep. that are just like pre-made and it's like that. What you're doing seems authentic and real. Yeah. Um, I, you know how I feel about triggers. I think they are basically outdoor ovens for people to think they have clout. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's just my opinion. I, I think triggers are bullshit and uh, you know, I, I'm pretty firm on that. So nobody's going to change my mind, but um, yeah, no dude, this is, that's how I learned how to smoke is like the using your charcoal base and then using your wood to actually create the smoke. And um, I'm, I'll tell you, it's taken me years to actually get it down to where I know how to stoke it, when to stoke it, what the flame looks like. It's all about practice. You know, it's like anything else. You know, if I don't touch that bar for like a week, I'm probably going to go out there fucking lifting like shit. Sorry for all the uh, cussing. It's Father's Day and I'm just letting loose. You got to pass. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, I want to, uh, it's, it's my, ma it's my master craft, you know, <laughs> like yeah. that, that's what I, so I, I put in the time for it and I highly recommend, you know, anybody out there that wants to learn how to do it, just hit me up because I have, uh, I have failed hard. <laughs> I have failed really <laughs> bad. Um, but I've come up with some really good stuff. And this last one was something like I'm writing this recipe down. So nice. Yeah. Now what I, what I like about this is I had a handful of friends who got triggers. Yeah. And they're like, you need to get one. I'm like, I'm not going to go drop a grand on that. Uh -uh. Like, like there's gotta be another way. Yeah. And I think I've looked at this, tabletop barbecue there's a i've seen it a couple different stores and it's somewhere between 100 and 150 bucks right and that i could definitely do and i would much rather learn how to uh do it the way you're you're doing it mm -hmm. instead of oh yeah you set an alarm and then whenever the bluetooth goes off you come and do something to it and yeah. i'm like that's 
That's that. You might as well just go to the store and buy some stuff. Yeah, or let some let a restaurant <laughs> do it for you, right? Like at yeah. that point, you're just yeah, you're cheating the system. And and hey, to each his own. But um, I like to be authentic, and I like to do things the way that they're meant to do. And a Traeger is just cheating, in my opinion. Um, I, yeah, you know, I'm not saying it's not good. No, I mean I've no, had some really good meat by some people, <laughs> but I've also had some me- mediocre meat, and yeah. that's what she said. Hey, yeah, <laughs> like it. You know, um, I think the best thing that I've ever had off a of Traeger is is a, a turkey. We did turkey on the Traeger. My brother. When my dad passed, he had one. And then, like, my brother's like, oh, I'm getting the Traeger. I was like, you can have it. <laughs> That's totally fine with me. <laughs> that, that is my favorite meat to be smoked is yeah. turkey. Yeah, I agree. Uh, out, of, out of everything that I've ever had smoked, uh, my father-in-law, he didn't have a Traeger, but he had this one that it dropped, like, little hockey pucks down into yeah. this thing. And he made a turkey once, and he didn't like it. And I just I ate the whole thing. It's I mean, so not in good. one sitting, but they pulled it apart and put it in a bag and it just sat there and I don't just come by because we we're living with him at the time. Yeah. And I would just grab handfuls of smoked turkey. Smoked turkey is, I mean, poultry takes on that smoke so much better than any other meat. And, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's already a dry, uh, you know, I mean, it doesn't have a ton of fat on it. So it's like, it's looking to soak up anything possible. Um, yeah, dude, I, I, uh, I firmly believe in smoking turkey because it's the best way to do it. <laughs> but uh cool. Yeah, so that that was a good little start on that. Um okay, dude, I have a question. Uh because okay. I saw a post you did today and I was like, I got to know where he's coming from on this. Um and it was uh it was on your story. It was about uh, Medina Island. You said true heart uh true heart of a champion or something like that. I'm I'm probably butchering what you said, but you posted a video of him uh, not finishing uh, the clean and jerk. I want you to talk about that. What, what was that about? So he's down at the Cuba meet right now. I forgot what it's called, but it's down in Cuba. And he's he's down there, and he didn't have a great meet. I mean, he realistically went one for six. Okay. Uh, he, he missed his opener. He came back and made it, missed the next attempt. Then he kept getting calls on press outs. And I'm not going to lie. They weren't perfect. They weren't terrible. Okay. They were two to one flip a coin. That's, 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 I think the best way to say it. Okay. One of them should have been white. Uh, one should have been red flip a coin on the third one. Right. Like it, it could go either way. Um, honestly, I saw some lifts by other Americans that I all three white lights. And I was like, that was worse than what Medina did. Okay. So, uh, but also unlike some other people that were lifting who weren't doing good, he didn't pull out. Ah. He, he put, he put on for the clean and jerk what he needed to get the qualification that he was going for. Nice. And it just wasn't there that day. But even though he didn't even attempt it, there's been, there's been days where I've competed and there's lifts that I've gone for. And I've stood it up and even at worlds, I stood up 165 Mm -hmm. and I was broken already. And I knew that I probably wasn't going to make it. So I didn't even like try and risk getting hurt, but he, he made every attempt and we're talking big boy, big, big, big boy weights. Yeah. Like this was that clean that he put down was 221 kilos. Jesus. 
Like we're pushing, we're just shy of 500 pounds there. Yep. Yeah. And if you're going one for six in the snatch and then you get called on a press out, means you make like you completed the lift. It wasn't good, but you completed it. Uh, and then he went up a little bit, not a lot. I don't remember what the numbers were. I was in the car and I kept pulling over when, when he was lifting. Okay. And then that third one. And then the other part that I thought was really cool is he went and he posted it. He didn't just go and hide in the corner and just pretend it didn't happen. He, he put it out there like, Hey, like some days it's not there. Right. So I was just pretty stoked. Like I've talked to him a handful of times and, um, no, I'm just I'm proud of the guy. I know that it wasn't there today, but there's going to be another meet. You know, he's um he's a really really interesting lifter because, you know, I've heard him talk um a handful of times um and then I've seen him lift in training and then I've seen him lift in competition and the dude has you're right, he has heart. Like And he, he doesn't have heart. It's not like he's like every time he's lifting in training, he's slamming the bar and, and, you know, yelling or whatever. But the second he gets into a competition, it's like he, he took that, that, um, that level of intensity and and lifted it up. And I, I find that I respect that because training and practice and what we, you know, what you do outside of a competition, um, yeah, it should be, there should be some intensity. There should be some, a level of, of heart or a level of like, you know, slamming and being proud of what you did. But like, um, I think it's more about getting in what you need to get in, working on your technique, understanding the, your numbers, your percentages. There's so much more in practice, but then when you get on that competition, you're like, everything has been practiced. Everything has been done. Now it's time for me to slam this, you know, slam the bar, rip off my shirt or whatever he does. He's going to do. And he does it tactfully. Um, he, he makes sure people know his, his opinion. And I like that about him. You know, I feel, I feel like, like that's, that's a guy that I, I can get behind. And I've never understood why he hasn't been higher in the ranks. And maybe you can clear that one up for me. But like, I've always, I've seen what he's lifting. I don't, who's in front of him? Um. Kane is still there and Kaiser. Okay. Uh, both of those guys are, they've just, I think they haven't been around longer. Necessarily. Well, Kane's been around since the beginning of time. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Kaiser, he has lifted more. Okay. Uh, he's got a, a bigger snatch and a slightly bigger clean jerk. Okay. Um, but I think that also a big thing is I don't, have any information to really go in on this with but there was a time where a lot all the meme pages were really pointing out this flaw that usaw really doesn't like florida ah and they don't like florida lifters okay and i think that may have something to do with it um when we were in salt lake city old teammate was talking to uh higher up in USAW. This was during COVID. Uh, 20, I think it was 2021, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, it was 2021, March. Uh, I drove out there. I know it was then because I had that fun car at the time. <laughs> yes, you did. <clears throat> and one of our teammates at the time said, hey, 
you should do one of these meets in Texas. We're open. And she says, I'm not taking it to Texas. I don't want all of the athletes to die. Oh, <laughs> and just like if we go to tech and I think that they have that same vibe towards Florida because Florida never really shut down. Right. And I think that there's just something about Florida that USAW doesn't like. That's interesting because I think when we were talking on the last podcast about how the USA Masters, they, they're constantly having their meets in Florida. And a lot of, a lot of the big Masters meets are in Florida. So that, <laughs> that's an interesting little thing there. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I just, I really like, I, I enjoy uh, his attitude. I enjoy the way he presents himself and how he talks. And he seems like a very you know, a uh, humble, humble guy that, and I love the way he talks about eating food, uh, fruit and meat. Like mm-hmm. that's just, mm-hmm. that's like all he eats <laughs> is fruit and meat. And I, I'm like, I love that. That's fantastic. But you, you, He figured out what works for him. Exactly. He didn't listen to all this crap that everyone's talking about and no. that, Oh, you need to do this and you need to get this many calories. You need to, yeah. or just like, you need to eat everything you can. It's like, this is what works good for him. Right. Well, there's something to be said about that because um, we are all individual people. And I was thinking about this on the, on the platform today when I was lifting and, and like, um, yeah, there's, there's programs out there that multiple people do, and there's eating plans that multiple people do, but you still have to, um, take it and be able to make it your own. Like, um, there's, there's certain things you can change and there's certain things you can't change. Right. Like you're not going to change your percentages unless you have to, or you're not going to change, uh, the lifts the actual lifts. Let's just say that. So, you know, maybe you got like hang snatch, uh, plus, you know, low hang snatch and you're not going to change that, but maybe you can change your numbers, right. Or you can make it your own. Or when it comes to eating, like maybe rice doesn't work for you. I love rice. I think it's one of the best sources of energy possible. You've heard me preach about this probably since you've known me. <laughs> but I think rice is fantastic. I'll eat it every day at any time of the day. Um, but maybe that doesn't work for you or for somebody else. That's okay. But you got to take the time to figure it out. Like you can't just be, um, I don't want to, I don't want to be offensive, but you just can't follow what people say and follow it. Like it's, uh, <laughs> Bad analogy. Well, just, just because something's in a book, <laughs> yeah. just because something's in a book doesn't mean that it's going to, that might be good for the majority of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but also some people just repeat what was told to them and it, they, but they repeat it in a way that they think that's what everyone was supposed to, to think. Right. right. Like if, if somebody like is constantly being told something and then they do it and it works, if they're just going to repeat it back like a parrot, it might not work for everybody else, but the coach that they had who was saying this stuff knew that it would work for that person. Right. And then all of a sudden you're seeing all these people who are like, Oh yeah, this is the one, one little secret to increase your, your muscle mass and your lower your fat content while lifting your weights. Right. Like it, it doesn't necessarily work for like that. So no, it really doesn't. You got to figure out what works for you. And yeah, you just can't believe it because it's in a book. You can't believe it because it's on YouTube. Get out there and actually do it and try it and experiment. Like, you know, I mean, 
just like I was talking with that pulled pork, like I failed multiple times, but I've through that failing, I learned and I took what I learned and applied it. And I think that's where people, um, a lot of the times, uh, I'm going to say in the general aspect of, of pretty much anything in life is that people are, are maybe not taking what they learned in a failed, uh, experiment and applying it, uh, to the next time around. Because I think that's a really important thing to do. And I talk to my kids about that a lot is like when you fail, um, you got to find, you got to find the win within a fail. And I, you know, it was interesting because, um, so we played, we had a flag football game on Friday, right? For those of you who don't know, I coach, uh, flag football for second to fourth graders. That's our division. And we were tied for first with the, the team we were playing on Friday and we went out there and we didn't, I mean, we lost, uh, 18 to 12. So it was a defensive game, right? But we're like a minute and a half left of the game. And, you know, you could see on the kid's face that they all knew. They all knew. <laughs> they all knew. And I, we're, I'm, we're back in the huddle and I look, I'm just looking at them. And it was one of those like epic coach moments that you see in the movies. But I'm looking at them. I was like, guys, no need to hang your heads right now. And then my, my team captain, Parker, looks up and he goes, you know, when I'm in situations like this, I just have fun. He's like, I, I just learned how to have, you know, I have fun. It doesn't matter if we lose. Let's just, let's just have fun. And I looked at him and I gave him a high five and I was like, all right, guys, let's, let's have some fun right now. And we like, you know, the last minute and a half was the most fun part of the game. Right. But like, it just, it goes to show you that you got to be able to, to fail, um, in, in all situations of life, especially weightlifting, um, to be able to be better. Sorry, that was my no. Favorite. I think that, I think that's that's great, and I like the learning. You got to learn from your failure. Yeah, it's kind of like what we talked a little bit about last week, where if you're just if your program is causing you to take it to where you're missing all the time, yeah, you're not going to be learning because yep. you're not improving in that level right before you start missing. And yeah. if you just keep going up to where you're missing, then you go to competition. If you're, if you, let's say your, your, your best snatch is a hundred kilos and uh, you keep missing at anything over 93, you miss, you make 90, you never make 94. <laughs> yeah. Like if you only keep pushing and trying to hit that 94, cause you want to get to that, you want to go 94, 101. Mm-hmm. And you can't get better at 90 or 92, then you're never going to get any, you're never going to learn from it. Yeah. Instead, you should be learning how to get really good in the 85, like 82 to 85, 87, and then start pushing up that 92 to the 96. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get more cracks at better weight. So you got to take your failure and learn from it. Yeah. And we talk about this a lot, that 85 to that, that range that you said in the eighties, like not only are you going to be able to, <clears throat> you know, f- fine tune your technique, but you're also going to be able to build some muscle while you're at it. Cause you're probably going to be doing a lot of them. And then, you know, I heard somebody say something last week. I forget what podcast I was listening to, but anyways, he said, yeah, when I get on that competition floor, I'm hitting numbers that I've never hit in training. And I mm-hmm. thought about that and I was like, wow, I've never, I've never actually gone to a competition and, <laughs> 
thought about hitting numbers that I didn't hit in training because I've always walked in and been like, Oh, I want to, I want to make sure I make my opener. And, and I, and I understand that that might be a different conversation, but like, it was really interesting to hear him say that. And it, it, it invoked some, some interesting thought. And especially with this program that, that we're doing now, which is, you know, really working the 60 to 80% and a lot of it, I'm talking like 80 <laughs> reps a day. And it's, um, I, you know, I thought about it today because at the very bottom, um, the last rep was left open in the app. And usually, you mm -hmm. know, that means that you can just kind of pick your own weight. And I was like, Ooh, do I go for a heavy single? Do I see what I can do? <laughs> and I didn't, I put two more kilos on the bar and I, and I just tripled two more kilos and I felt good about that. I was like, there's still some more there. I know there is. I've I mean, I've never tripled 96 and I tripled 96 and that was pretty freaking cool. And, yeah. you know, um, to me, like that makes more sense than just, you know, throwing a bunch of weight and seeing what you can do. And like, it's like, it goes back to everything we talk about. Have patience. Weightlifting is about patience from touching the bar, from your programming, from your eating. Everything is about patience and I'm the worst at it. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Well, I think, I think it's a better mentally and it's better for your training to know you have a little bit more, but you're choosing not to go for it Yeah, and you're not going to be missing instead of like going like pedal to the metal and knowing exactly what you're, what you can do. But then when it comes to competition time, you're like, I don't think I have any more when right. you're on, if you're honest with yourself. Right. Well, you, you were no. talking earlier and I think you were talking, I forget what you were saying already, man, I am all over the place today, but <laughs> I, um, it takes maturity and it takes honesty to really get better. But I want to talk to you about something because I've heard many people say it. We have, we have a buddy that's kind of going through uh, a, a minor injury because of what I think is in his start. But I'm going to ask you a question here. When do you think the dynamic start should be uh, should be implemented into your training, and or is it effective? Ooh, that's a that's a question I've never had asked before. That's like, a that's a question from the panel. <laughs> <laughs> when do you start a dynamic start? I would say that you should not do a dynamic start if you can't maintain positions off of a static start. Okay. So if, if you can't like, you should be able to know how to, you need to be able to be as tight as possible all throughout your body. But at the same time, very loose and fluid in certain parts of your body Correct. at the same time. Yeah. And if you can't, the way that the, what the dynamic start really can do is it can allow you to actually get a little bit tighter. Yes. So the way I do it is I have my butt up in the air a little bit, and then I take the deep breath in, into my, into my, into like my belly and my chest, not like, not my chest, but like into my, where you're supposed to. Yeah. I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a biologist. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I make sure that my big toes are hooked to the floor like I'm about to slide down a hill of ice. Yep. 
And then I pull my butt down. And so I'm getting as tight as I can up top. But then as I pull myself down, my body is going to get tighter because now I'm compacting it. Okay. And then once I get into that position, like as my butt comes down, then my then I push off the floor and I do my best to keep my back angle the same until you pass the knee. Yeah. I've noticed recently it's been coming up a little bit more, but I'm also the way that I'm kind of built, I'm supposed to have a little bit of a higher butt start. Okay. Uh, I've got a, a longer torso, really short arms. Um, and it, it comes up a little bit on like the top end weights, but also I have, I've, I broke my femur when I was two years old Yeah, on a growth plate yeah. and I was in a cast for like four months and my right femur is shorter than my left. So until I started lifting, I would have tons of back problems. Like every two to three months, my back would go out and I was out for a week, a minimum. And then once I started lifting, your body naturally wants to start strengthening certain part, like your weaknesses. So it knew my body naturally knew that I had a weaker back. So my body started compensating and learning how to strengthen my back Right. to the point where four years in, I could do like not touching the ground, like Romanian deadlifts with 400 pounds for sets of 10. Damn. Damn. And wow. Yeah. Like, so I have, I have a really strong back and the legs have always tried to catch up with that. Okay. And that's, that's not a common thing. I don't remember who said it, but they said, if you have a, if you have a 300 pound back and 500 pound legs, you can squat 300 pounds. Interesting. I like that. Huh. So, and the, the proof with that is you look at what you can leg press in the gym. Mm -hmm. Well, that that's your legs. That's taking the back out of it. All legs. Yep. So, and the majority of people, and when I say I have a strong back and weak legs, my legs are still stronger than my back. Like I can leg press 1200 plus pounds, right. but I can squat 550. Yeah. But what I'm not having the issue is I can hold 350 pounds for a snatch attempt and my back angle doesn't really change. Right. Well, I mean, they call it a back squat for a reason, not a leg squat, you know, <laughs> I <laughs> never mean, thought about that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I had a coach, um, that was a long time ago. She was out of Vulcan lifting. Uh, her name was Tolly, but she taught me, um, she really taught me good position on how to, uh, hold the bar uh, in a squat and about the, the part where you're actually, where you're engaging your back before you even pick it up off the rack, pick it up off the rack. And as you go down, you're pulling that bar down. As you go up, you continue to pull that bar down. And what that does is that helps engage your back and your, uh, your, tr uh, your lats. Yeah. Your lats. And you know, I mean, I've always had a really strong back. I've, I, you know, I've never really been super good at squats, but I've always been able to do them and it's because of my back. Now, um, I'm seeing my squats are really driving pretty high, um, because I'm focusing on them and I already have a strong back. So my legs are getting stronger. So yeah, dude, it, it's a back squat. It's, it's, and it's made to strengthen your back first. Now other parts get strengthened. You get the big butt, you get all that stuff, all that fun stuff. Right. But my butt, my butt hasn't come in yet. <laughs> 
I got no butt. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I do. My wife told me I got some junk, but I was, I saw a video of me coaching. She was talking about the front. Yeah. Well, Sorry. I hope so. <clears throat> um, <laughs> no, but I saw a video of me uh, coaching and I was like, I looked at it, I go, I really shouldn't wear those shorts. <laughs> they, were, they were a bit too tight. Um, true coach fashion, by the way. Um, anyways. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the back is really, it's important in your, in your dynamic start is what you're saying pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can't maintain the proper back angle, so I'll just give people like, I'm, I'm sure people who are listening know what this is, but if just in case there's that one out there off the floor, from the floor to the knee, your back angle shouldn't change. It should basically be like, you're going to get your back in the correct position, shoulders over the bar, bars in pretty close to the shins, not quite touching. Otherwise, you're going to get all bloody and ripped up. Yep. And then from the floor to the knee, you're going to push off the floor. It's called the first pull, but what we really want to do is we want to push off the floor because mm-hmm. if we pull, we're going to change the back angle. Ah. So we're going to we're going to push off the floor till we get just past the knee. Then that's where the back angle changes. The, we start pulling it back hard with the lats and we get to that upper, like better position um, where we want to get into the power position. And the goal is to have that bar come into the hips and the snatch before the heels extend up. Right. So then once we get to the power position, we have the full extension of the legs plus the last little bit of the, the toe coming up onto the toes. Right. And that's where we want to be. And if you are, if you don't have that leg strength, your back is going to shoot up real fat or your butt's going to shoot up real fast. Your chest is going to drop mm. and it's going to put all that weight on your lower back, kind of like a good morning. And then once you get to there, there's not really anywhere to go except for lift your back up, more pressure on the back, pull real hard. And I'm not saying you can't get power out of that. Like there's a, there's a philosophy that a lot of people like they call it the the catapult. Right. There is some validity to that, but it is a very wild lift and you have a very good chance of getting more hurt doing that, especially if you don't know how to fine tune it to work for you. Correct. Um, it's kind of like taking, you know, the, well, you don't have a dog, but you've seen people with dogs. Oh yeah. And taking a base or a, a tennis ball and throwing it, mm-hmm. you can only throw it so far. Right. But then you see those people with those extension things with the tennis ball with the, like a three foot, mm-hmm. like they can huck those really far. Right. But if they had to throw it to somebody, it would be a lot harder to hit the target. Oh, so just because you can be more powerful doesn't mean you're going to ha- be a better lifter because of it. Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's very loose and wild. So. Um, I like that. That was a really good analogy because it clicked in my brain when you said it. I was like, okay, that makes sense completely. Um, now for, uh, not specific reasons, but if you see somebody who has their, their chest down, butt high, um, in, and is, and is working through snatches like that, how do you fix it? Oh, I'm really putting you on the spot. Go, today. go, go, go back in time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go based on what my first coaches had us do a lot of. Okay. We did a, a whole lot of break off the floor. So yeah. 
there's generally going to be one inch off the floor, like segmented snatches or segmented cleans. Where we're going to break off the floor, we're going to pause. And we're actually like, pause. Like, it's going to be like two, three seconds. And then we're going to come up to the knee. Like, just below the knee, that's a good spot. Some people go just above the knee. Sometimes you go both. And then you'll come into the power position. Yeah. And then you'll come down. You, then you'll bring the bar down. And then you'll try to hit all of those positions again uh, by doing the actual lift. Or another thing that works really well is like tempo snatches, where you have a slow pull, but you got to make sure you hit all those positions. I see a lot of people do tempo snatches mm -hmm. where they just go real slow pull to the knee and then they just huck it back. And I think that a good tempo snatch is not going to be super heavy because we're not focusing on weight here. We're focusing on technique. Technique. Yep. So it, it's not always about how much you can lift. This is not a competition lift. This is a variation of the lift. So we need to make this do our best to transfer over into the real lifts. So we want to focus much more on making, hitting the positions and strengthening the muscles that are not strong. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that if you're, if your technique is not sound, then you shouldn't worry about lifting too much weight. I mean, yeah. I've, I've done it myself where I've had to just break, break down and say, you know what? And I, you know, I learned this from you to be honest with you is like, check your goddamn ego at the door step back and relearn what you need to do. And in order to get the weight that you want, in order to hit your goals that you want, you know, step back, check your ego and work on your technique. And yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still in the midst of it. And, um, you, I mean, shoot, you hear me every week sitting here, you know, gloating about it. And I, I'm only doing that because, um, I found something that works and, mm -hmm. That goes back to what we were just talking about, about being an individualistic attitude about like not, you just can't follow a group of what a bunch of people are doing. You gotta, you gotta find your own way and you gotta make it work within your group, I guess, in a way. But, um, you know, like, and, and that's what it's all about. You, you just gotta be an athlete and, yeah. you know, take the time to, to just, you know, cut back. Don't worry about it. You know, we're, we're all, man, come on. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, um, everybody we know in our, in our friend group, we're extremely busy. We have families, we have careers, we have, you know, kids and hobbies. And, and this is one of our hobbies. And like, just, this is just one thing. And we got to remember that of, of appropriately putting in the time uh, to get what you want out of it. So, and that, and we've talked about this, you know, you don't have to, you know, live this weightlifter, professional weightlifter mentality of like, I got to lift six days a week and blah, blah, you know, all that crap about that, because it's not true for you. Maybe, maybe it is true for the dude standing next to you, but it ain't true for me. And probably, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing, I know you well enough to know that like a six day a week is, is it, it's kind of consistent, but it's not always there because of our lives. And we just got to remember that. Yeah. So No, I, I get into the garage or the gym every day for that squat, but yep. come Wednesday, it's over. Yeah. That's day 100. And, yeah. I, and I, I'm so excited about being done with it. <laughs> yeah, I think you made a post about it today too, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I, today or yesterday, I, I did today's squat, but it was... <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So I'm I'm ready to be done with that. But you don't need to be in here every single day. You really don't. I, um, you know, you just need to put in the uh, the focus time on it. So when you are in there, make sure you're focused. Make sure you're doing what you need to do. And and sometimes it's hard. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not I'm not sitting there saying that uh, that you know, I'm perfect or you're perfect or anything. But like we just you know it just takes a little bit of extra effort, especially in this sport. And I think that that gets so misconstrued to people thinking that you got to put every ounce of energy into it and you don't, you know, yeah, I don't remember who said it, but they, they said something along the lines of you can give hundred percent effort without putting a hundred percent on the bar. Yeah. Yeah. You can make every rep look the same. You can make sure that you don't go like, Oh, it's only 40 kilos. I don't have to, I'm just going to pick like if if you're going to pick up your first time you load weight onto the bar and then you're going to do maybe some tall snatches or some hip snatches or something. Don't just pick it up like you're picking up a a bag of groceries. Pick it up and hit your positions. Yeah. Like every time that bar comes off the floor it should look the exact same exactly. way. Exactly. I love that. I love that because it's always something that's that's in my mind and I'm like I always want it to look the same, does it? You know, not always, but um you know, something that um, I've just recently been teaching myself is that like, you know, even at the lower weights, like if you're rocking through it and you're like, God, I wish I could go, I need, I can go heavier. I know I can go heavier, but you know, pull back for a second and make, make it harder. So like for, from, you know, for example, uh, we had a five, I had a five by five today for a seven RPE and I'm, you know, I know, I know roughly where my seven RPE is. Um, but I didn't have that today. And so I put 120, no, yeah, I put 120 on the bar and the first four sets was 120. And my goal was to do them, um, simultaneously or, you know, I just didn't stop in between squats. So that was my goal. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to put a little bit less weight on, I'm going to make it feel like a seven. So I'm just going to bounce up and down, up and down really quick. And then the last set I threw uh, 140 on and I tried doing the same thing and I got to four and then you know, I stopped for a second and then did my fifth one, but I felt, uh, I felt the push from that. I felt the, um, whatever the stimulus that was supposed to come from those squats for an RPE of seven. I did feel that walking out of the garage and it was only 120. you know, like that, that's for some people that's heavy for some people that's not, um, for me, that's probably more realistically a, a five RPE, you know, but mm-hmm. it's just what I had in the tank today. And that's just what it was. So just remember that out there. It doesn't, we don't have to take it so seriously. Have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't, I think it was maybe last Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I had an open set. And what I decided to do instead of hitting that open set, because I wasn't feeling great. But I also, when you get an open set, you want to kind of take advantage of it. And it was in the clean jerk. It was, I think my top set was 155. Nice. I could be butchering all of this. It all blurs <laughs> together when you lift as often as I do. Right. But I do remember what I did is instead of going up, I hit a one plus two. And okay. I was like, I know I'm good for 60, 65, 68. Right. I was, but I was, I was feeling tired. And it's one of those, I don't need that number. So let me just add a little bit, something else in there. Okay. And it's actually, I would call a one plus, a one plus two for a cleaning jerk is more like a one plus one plus 
one because you got to re-rack it and that takes a lot out of you and you have to be able to absorb that and take that like reverse the jerk the bar path to be straight just like it's supposed to and it, right. it uses the same muscles so it's almost like three reps okay so yeah there, there's just little stuff like that where when i want to go up it's like let me just make this one a little heavier or harder yeah and and that's that's that just because you have, you know, 10 plus years of, of lifting experience, you know, you, you're, nobody out there is expected to know this stuff, but that's why we have a show that we talk about this stuff. Hopefully mm-hmm. we're, we're trying, you know, we're instilling some sort of knowledge in people and probably pissing some other people off, but whatever, that's what it's all about. It's fun. And we're having a good time and Hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Um, so I got to probably jump out of here a little bit early just because my phone just told me it was at 5%. So right. <laughs> um, uh, what you got coming up? Anything coming up this week? I mean, you're, you're probably pretty busy with work and family. So uh, training training's going to – anything fun well, with training coming up? I'll be done with squatting every day on Wednesday. There it is. So there I, is. I told Stephanie that next – not this week, but the following week, I'll be, I'll be jumping onto the regular – regularly programmed squats. That's cool. Yeah. Which I, uh, means I'll totally modify everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I love it. Um, what were, I think we're what, like two, two and a half weeks out from coming down. I think so. Yeah. I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm stoked. Um, I've had so, a couple, a couple things happen in, in the flag football world that I'll, I'll probably talk to you about later that might let me come down a little earlier, like anticipated. So we'll oh, see. that's even better. Yeah. It's even better. But anyways, um, all right, dude. Thanks for joining me on this great Father's Day. I don't think I said happy Father's Day to you. So happy Father's Day. Um, just a great day all around. Everybody should celebrate this day. <laughs> Sorry. That's being very vain. Anyways, um, <laughs> have a good night, buddy. Thanks for showing. You too. Thanks for joining me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye.